Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 237th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now from the basketball podcast network this is the four corners podcast we win 54 to 53 north carolina did it north carolina wins the championship with 20 seconds left to play goes back to michael jordan jumper from out on the left good fred brown looking oh wait a worthy worthy five the star heels are going to win the national championship Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion pump fake for three too strong on the shot that's it the tar heels are the national dadgum champion love guarded by keels gets a screen pulls up for three got it caleb from straight away here are your hosts josh marlowe and anthony pagnotta Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're here with you guys once again today. Full day into the offseason for Carolina basketball. And there's already news as two players have decided to leave the program and enter the transfer portal. The, the, the transfer portal. We'll tell you who those guys are, break down their decisions to leave Carolina, and how and how it impacts the roster moving forward. But before we do that, we start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. And we go to former Notre Dame national champion winning coach Lou Holtz for today's quote, which is, to solve big problems you have to be willing to do unpopular things. And after the 2022-23 season that saw Carolina not make the NCAA tournament and saw them skip out on the NIT, something we both agreed was the right decision, I think it's okay to say that there are big problems or just problems that exist within the Carolina basketball program and to fix those, you got to do some unpopular things. And that probably means, you know, having hard conversations with your current players, having hard conversations with your coaching staff, having hard conversations about the guys that you're currently recruiting. Um, Because I think it's just pretty evident that, that right now, where Carolina is, first off, isn't good enough. And something needs to change for this program to be where it's supposed to be. And no, that doesn't mean firing Coach Davis. That just that requires Coach Davis doing some things he probably didn't envision doing after a 2022-23 season that 
entered with the hopes and promises and the dreams of of winning a national championship and, and really solidifying this core of, of players as a legendary one. Instead, they'll leave, as as you heard Josh Graham tell us in the last edition of the podcast, a rather mediocre core that has a great run to its resume, a run that we'll never forget, but also on their ledger is a first-round tournament loss for a legendary head coach who had never lost in the first round in the tournament, and then missing the tournament altogether. Which brings us to the first transfer we're going to talk about that is exiting the Carolina program, and that is senior forward Justin McCoy, one of the very first guys to commit to Huber Davis after he became the head coach of Carolina. He transferred in from Virginia, um, mainly because he had that relationship established with Coach Davis, who was his primary recruiter. Of course, he goes to Virginia. Didn't see a whole lot of action with the Virginia program, uh, with the ACC lifting the interconference transfer ban. He, you can now transfer within conference schools. He ends up in Chapel Hill, and you know we identified at the time of his transfer as a guy that you know, could could just be a really good role player that played really good defense and did all did all the little things um, to help you win, and that just never happened. Uh, he averaged 1.2 points, 1.3 rebounds, barely played just over six minutes per game while shooting 28% from the field and 26% from three. And I think you knew, buddy, that this was inevitable this year when there was so much talk about building depth in the offseason and how important that was for this year's team. And he appeared in, in just 11 games all season long. He did play 17 minutes in the win over Wake Forest back in January. But outside of that, he never had a consistent role on this team and was passed over for a bunch of freshman players and seldom used reserves a year ago. So when this when this news broke, um, I for one wasn't I wasn't shocked because I, I had come to the realization really after the non conference season, it wasn't a matter of if Justin McCoy entered the portal, but more about just a matter of when. Yeah, I think the bigger question was whether or not he would continue to play college basketball. Um, I think, you know, this is a good decision for him, though, because I do think, I mean, I think there's elements of his game that are there. You could see why he was brought in to Tony Bennett's system in Virginia because he had some moments where he looked pretty good defensively. I just think this is a classic case of what we've seen with a few guys that have rolled through the program here recently. Um, Walker Miller was not a guy that was on scholarship, but I think he fit kind of a similar role to what Justin McCoy was. You would probably put them on the same level, um, at this point. And he went down to Monmouth, had plenty of success, almost led that team to the NCAA tournament. Uh, this year, Andrew Playtech goes to Siena. He was actually supposed to be there last year, but didn't play due to injury. Um, so he comes back this year and was outstanding for them. Uh, and had them right in the thick of the MAC conference uh, race in the regular season before they would, you know, hit a little bit of a sh uh, of a snag late in the season and then eventually exit their conference tournament early. But he had some nice success for himself. It's a guy that when he was brought to Chapel Hill, the question was, 
Did he just not fit the Virginia system? Was he a guy that just needed to go somewhere else? And that would lead to more success for him. Ultimately, that answer was no. But I don't think you can really blame him. I just think he's a little, he was a little in over his head at the ACC level. And I don't think you can blame um, Carolina and Hubert Davis. I think it was a flyer that you took. Clearly, that was not a, a guy that they were looking at and saying, oh, we're bringing him in to be a starter for this team. No, they brought him in as a, as a project and w- were hoping that it would pan out. It ultimately didn't. And, you know, now he'll enter the transfer portal. In terms of Carolina, it's a little bit of a blow to the depth. And I think that's what you're going to have to have a conversation about here is how do you end up replacing the depth? Can you find a guy, you know, that that can be a wing for you, whether it's, you know, in the transfer portal or, you know, if you're just going to a smaller lineup that can help you to have more depth at that three spot where, you know, these last few years, there hasn't really been all that much depth and you've already been limited there by the offensive skill set that Leaky Black had. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, his decision to leave, I don't think so a really big loss to anything. Um, because I don't think Justin McCoy is an ACC caliber basketball player. You know, as as good as a defender as he had to have been to get recruited by Tony Bennett in Virginia, he couldn't find his way onto the court uh, there. And then when he came here to Carolina, I mean, given – look at how bad Carolina was at times last year. I mean, there were times where they were just downright pitiful. And he couldn't he couldn't find a way to, to, to earn more playing time. And then this year, you know, as – as much as Coach Davis talked about wanting to expand the the depth of this team, and I know he's getting a lot of backlash for how that depth wasn't created, I don't think it was on purpose. I think he gave every guy a chance on the roster to receive playing time and the and the with the way that they attacked their summer, their preseason, and then during the season. And I just don't think he ever did enough consistently to to earn the right to be on the court. He gave off the vibes of he liked the rewards of putting on that uniform. And maybe that was enough for him, was to just put on that uniform, hang out on the bench with the Biscuit Boys, and get to play sparing minutes. And he's lived his dream, and now he'll probably go somewhere, I would imagine a mid-major, and where he'll probably be a lot more better suited to play and play at a high level. And we do we do wish him the best. But to me, this isn't this isn't a big loss. Um in, in terms of talent, let alone in the in, in, in the terms of depth. Um and the, the good news is for Justin McCoy is even though he leaves, he'll have a memory that he'll he can take with them and this fan base will will always remember him for. Think about when he entered the game against Baylor, how big of a role he played in in, in keeping Carolina's tournament hopes alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made two big free throws. He had a big rebound. Like, he did all the little things in that moment that led you to believe he could have a role on this team 
whether it was through the rest of that tournament or during this season. And you can't really say that for a lot of other transfers that have left since the portal has become so so popular. And I know for a lot of Tar Heel fans, it's a it's a really hard thing to grasp seeing players leave this program. Because I'm one of them. It's it's really hard to imagine and, and envision being recruited by Carolina, whether as a high school athlete or a transfer, getting into that program and then leaving. But this is a different time. This is a different era. This is a different kid. Where as unfortunate as it is for someone like me who is 26 years old and holds the program in as high regards as I do, most of these kids, that that stuff doesn't matter. It, it used to matter, and I'm hopeful that maybe one day we will we will get back to that. Um, but for Justin McCoy, like he got to come to a school that, you know, considering where he came out of high school at Panther Creek, um, this was probably his dream was to put on that uniform, and he got to do that. And along the way, he helped he helped Carolina win a, a game in this in the NCAA tournament. And he, he he can look back on this with a with a positive mindset and a positive experience that you know th- this this didn't go horribly this didn't go horribly wrong like it has in the past for guys that were in over their heads like Christian Keeling, um, Justin Pierce, guys that I had really harsh opinions and harsh words for during their lone season in Chapel Hill. And even Pete Nance this year, and it, it'll probably be unfair to Pete because he's replacing a guy that has been as beloved as a one-year player that we've seen at Carolina in the history of the program. But, you know, Justin will be able to, to, to at least leave with some positive thoughts and some positive memories during his two seasons with the program. And it will be interesting to see where he does end up next if he does, to, if he does continue to play his college basketball. Well, we've told you about one transfer. We're going to tell you about the other one that is leaving the Carolina program. But before we do that, we're going to get you the latest offer we have from DraftKings Sportsbook. Then when we come back, we'll tell you who that second transfer is. And we'll break down the impact of his his decision to leave Chapel Hill. We'll do that and more on this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. Back after this message from DraftKings. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is officially here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and round two of the tournament. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So whether you want to bet on the upsets, the 215s, the 314s, the the 512s, or you just want to go all chalk, you can do all that with the no-sweat bet feature at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly with that promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. 
We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all these great offers we've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for the Heel Tough blog podcast. The second person that has decided to leave Carolina is freshman reserve guard slash forward, let's just call him wing, Tyler Nickel. He did announce, along with Justin McCoy, his decision to leave Carolina after his freshman season came to an end, where he played in 25 games, averaging 2.1 points on 38% shooting from the field and 22% three-point shooting. You know, buddy, when you go back to the game against the Citadel where we thought maybe Carolina was starting to find its groove on offense, you know, he scored 16 points and really flashed his potential in terms of the type of player he could be moving forward here at UNC. He will be this guy wherever he decides to to transfer to. Um, you know, he only played 76 minutes the rest of the season and just 18 total points. But I got to tell you, um, of all the guys that I thought could consider transferring, I didn't think Tyler Nickel was one of them. Um, I've kind of come around to the idea that Dontres Styles would seek a transfer after the way this season played out for him. Uh, as I mentioned, I was there with Justin McCoy. Um, and of course, there might be some others that fit the bill, but I never once thought Tyler Nickel would leave. I mean, this was this was a guy that played in big moments for this team down the stretch whether Carolina got into foul trouble or whatever, because he could space because he could space the floor. And while he, you know, was sometimes out of position defensively, I, I always thought that he competed hard enough to justify to justify him seeing minutes. But undoubtedly he disagrees with that notion. And I can't confirm this, but this is my personal opinion. I think Tyler Nichols, a guy that you've heard Coach Davis talk about, you know, he's understood now that when he talks to his locker room, he's also talking to 30 or 40 other voices. These, the, 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 you know, whether it's family, friends, whatever it is. Because Tyler Nichols was a highly sought-after recruit after becoming the all-time scoring leader at the state of Virginia. And we all know the, we all know, we all know the type of basketball talent that state has produced over the years, and and so I, I think that might play a role as big as any reason in his decision to leave because I was of the opinion, had he returned for his sophomore year, you know, he'd enter maybe the second-best perimeter shooter on the roster behind R.J. Davis and have more than enough chances to carve out a significant role on this team had he stayed for 23-24. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really going to speculate as to whether or not he had a – you know, he was one of those guys that was being talked about because, I mean, I have no idea. Um, you know, with some of the other guys, I think it's obvious, especially these ones that have a lot of NIL deals in place that, yeah, there's an agent involved. So that's one of the things that Hubert Davis mentioned. So, you know, those are the guys that he is talking about. Um, it's It's a mysterious move to me for sure. Because as you mentioned, you know, he became a highly sought after guy. But this was still a dude that was ranked outside of the top 80 overall prospects in this class. Um, he was a four-star guy. But again, four-star in basketball is nowhere near what a four-star in football is. 
a four-star in basketball, especially a guy that is ranked outside of the top 80, is a guy that is usually going to take time to develop. Um, we saw a guy that sort of broke that norm when Carolina brought in Kerwin Walton, but we kind of saw what happened. And I think with Tyler Nickel, you know, he was a limited player. He's a guy that's limited offensively. He's a guy that, you know, really was brought in here because of his perimeter shooting. And that was where I think a lot of people thought he was going to make his hay. This year, now it's early in his career, but he shot just 22% from beyond the arc in the time that he was on the floor. Maybe you think that he should have seen more time out there, but there were just times where he was not effective for this team off the bench in the minutes that he did play. And the biggest thing that I think Hubert Davis was trying to find throughout the season was help for this team offensively. And when you're going out there and not giving him anything offensively, why is he not going to put Leaky Black back in the game? A guy that can defend about as well as anybody in college basketball and definitely as well as anybody in the ACC. So that's the thing that, to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense on the surface. Here's the thing, though. This is his decision. If he feels like he needs to go somewhere else to play the role that he feels like he should have, then so be it. But, yeah, I mean, this one, this one, this one does hurt because he was a guy that was going to contribute for you on the wing, probably not that dynamic wing scorer that Carolina really needs. They still have to find that guy. There is no doubt about that. They, they still have to go after that guy in the portal this year, and they're hoping that that can be Drake Powell or if they can find somebody else that fits that role in that 24 class, they go and get him there. Um, because Zayden High is a power forward. He's 6'9". He's going to be your stretch four. Um, but this one, losing him on top of McCoy, along with Leaky Black, who has graduated and is out of eligibility, Carolina has no wings returning for this upcoming season. So that means one of two things. Carolina has to go into the transfer portal and find someone there, which I thought they had to do that anyways at that position. Um, I think, you know, depending on where you stood with Tyler Nickel and how you felt with him um, would determine the type of player that you would go out and get, whether it was a starter or a guy that could slot in as a role player or fringe starter. Um, and then, you know, from there, you would you would probably just roll with the with the guys you had and play you know small ball at times if you needed to. Now I don't think there is any question that there will be multiple times that this team will have to play three guards. And now you have no choice if you are Demarco Dunn but to step up and play a bigger role this year if he is back with the team. This is the point that we're at. And look, we were here with the football program. We saw it where. Just about every guy now, you are going to have conversations. There will be the the typed up letters and notes and graphics that will be put out. There will be videos of guys choosing to return or choosing to enter the transfer portal. It's going to happen at this point because this, this is the modern era 
of college sports. So if DeMarco Dunn is back, and I think he will be, he's going to play a big role for this team next year, at least off the bench. Um, but the, the, the biggest thing is, is that this is probably part of the reason why Hubert Davis wanted to end this season early. And if we start seeing more and more guys enter the portal, it's going to become even more evident that he wanted to get a head start on getting out on the recruiting trail and landing some of these transfers and continuing to do work in that 24 class to potentially even get some guys to reclassify. Yep. I mean, I think this is why we talked about this last night when we were breaking down the reason why not going to the NIT was the right decision. This roster is about to be overhauled. Um, this, this, these aren't these aren't the only two guys that are most likely going to transfer. You're you're probably going to see. I I, I would say I would suspect one, maybe maybe two more, um, and maybe because it's their choice and they they want to leave and seek another opportunity to play back college basketball somewhere else. It could also be where Coach Davis is and his staff have come to the conclusion that, you know, they, they've they got to move on. And they'll help them go find somewhere else for, for them to go play. And, and with that, with two players already leaving, guess what it allows Carolina to do? It allows them to get a head start on identifying players in the portal that they would be interested in bringing in. And that wouldn't have happened if Carolina competed in the NCAA tournament. Um, and it still wouldn't have happened if Carolina was would have been playing in the NIT because you don't know how many roster spots you're going to have available. Right now, you know you've got two that you can go and identify. We all are of the belief that Caleb Love is leaving the program one way or another, whether that's via transfer or via the NBA draft. Um, and then you've got some other guys on the back end of the roster as well that could very well leave. Armando Baycott could decide to not return for a fifth year, which, uh, you know, is not something we want to see happen, but is very much on the table. And and, and so that, th this is, you know, when you go back to the pod thought of the day, like sometimes you got to do some unpopular things. And, and this, this wouldn't surprise me. Of course, we don't know right now if this was as as equal a decision as for Tyler Nickel to leave as it was for Coach Davis and his staff to move on. Um, just because of the way his recruitment went, where there was so much hype and there was a lot of pressure on him to stay home, that didn't happen. He goes somewhere else and doesn't play a whole lot. And look, a lot of Tar Heel fans are – Worried about his his transfer, and rightfully so, because as you mentioned, there it does leave a void of wing talent on the roster, perimeter shooting, among other things. But you know, I I, I truly believe that had he done enough to earn consistent playing time, I think he would have played more. I I really do. When you look at some of the situations when he was on the court, second half against Florida State. Again, in the game against Duke, like those were games that Carolina couldn't afford to lose, and he found himself playing in in those. So there was some trust in 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 him. It just wasn't it just wasn't consistent trust. And 
you know, I, I I do think that one thing Huber Davis has to has to learn as a coach is you have to you have to play more guys in November and December than you have the first two years. And I know we've talked about how close these games were and stuff like that. You still got to play them because you you you've got to figure out what you've got. And look, when when Coach Williams did it, you could make the argument that it cost Carolina a game maybe two games in the non-conference season. But it also won them games in the ACC season, which, of course, we hear as a podcast, that's what we value the most, is winning conference games and then to prepare for the conference tournament and then, you know, for good enough to qualify for the NCAA tournament. And, and so this is, um, you know, this 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 is a big loss in a lot of different ways. Because this was a guy that this was one of Coach Davis's first guys that he identified that that he wanted, and him and his staff recruited very hard, and they got him in Chapel Hill, and now he is no longer here. Um, I do think that reclassification for twenty four guys is definitely on the table um, to free up more recruiting spots in that twenty four cycle to really start to to rebuild the program. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, I feel like I feel like Carolina though is going to be extremely aggressive in the portal because they have the opportunity to. You know, mm-hmm. like when 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 Coach Williams retired and Huber Davis was hired, that happened the first week of April. Like you, you were you were just you were getting getting ready for the Final Four. I believe that that was correct. So you were even a little bit behind schedule in terms of getting a jump start in the portal that cycle as opposed to where you are now. And that cycle, you were able to land Brady Manick and Dawson Garcia, two guys that we really coveted. And then even Justin McCoy, a guy that we didn't covet, but at the time we believed was a nice addition to the the, the roster. Well, now you're two weeks ahead of that because you're not playing in any NCAA tournament games. And, you know, you had over – 1,500 people into the portal uh, last year. They expect that number to be the same, if not higher. So you 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 get a head start on identifying the guys that you want, the guys that you need, and how that will affect you recruiting moving forward. Yeah, so, I mean, look, today alone, this was earlier today, so I don't, it's probably changed by now. Jeff Goodman, who I know, I know that's a sore subject right now. Can't stand him either, folks. He's not a good man, despite what his last name would tell you. There you go. But he tweeted out earlier today that 173 guys had entered the transfer portal just today alone. So I, this is this is going to be next level, and we're already seeing it. It is just like college football in terms of the names that are going in there, too. Now, I know his coach left, but J.J. Starlings was one of the best players in this recruiting class this past season at the guard position, was one of the best players that has ever committed to Notre Dame. He is in the transfer portal. He is not going pro like some thought he might. He is instead entering the portal. So with NIL being the way that it is, you will see some of these guys that will choose to enter the portal and stick around that are big, big names. So Carolina has no choice but to be aggressive. If not, it honestly feels a little bit irresponsible 
And I don't think that's how Hubert Davis is going to approach it. And now, I mean, look, there are and there are people that are saying there are going to be even more holes on this team. I don't think it's going to be as bad as some people think. I think there are some fans that because they think that Hubert Davis is just the worst human to ever walk planet Earth, that they they will lose every single player on this roster. And somehow he will have to replace all of those guys. But they... They need to find somebody here, at least one guy that can play the wing. Um, I, I got to be honest, I would like some help inside at the five position because I just I just don't know with Will Shaver where he's at in terms of recovery from his injury and development because of that injury. Um, and, I mean, look, at this point, I don't know if you can rule out a point guard. Like, I feel like R.J. Davis, without Caleb Love there, with him being the guy that controls things offensively, it might work. But there are a lot of people that still believe that R.J. is better suited as a two-guard um, and that this team could use a starting point guard. Is Seth Trimble that guy that can step up? Do you believe in him? Do you think Simeon Wilcher could come in and immediately start? I don't know about that. If the staff doesn't feel that way, that could be another area that they look in the transfer portal. So, yes, Carolina should be extremely aggressive here um, once that, you know, once they are able uh, to start getting some of these guys on campus for visits out of the portal. Yep. And, and I, I don't have any doubt that they, that, that, that they're not going to be. I, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a staff that's going to be motivated because they know what's being said about them individually them collectively and the program as a whole. Um, and it's not a lot of nice stuff when you go 20 and 13 at, at Carolina, you miss the NCAA tournament. Um, but maybe, maybe this is what needed to happen. Um, coming off the year we had last year where you, you did so many magical things the last month of the year, but that's what it was. It was a good month. It wasn't a good year that built to a good month. It was, you caught lightning in a bottle and it, I mean, you know, that, that, that lightning bolt didn't run out of energy until the second half of the national championship game. And you weren't going to tell those kids that got you so close. No, when they wanted to come back and run it back, but when you try to run it back and it goes the way that it goes like it did this year, you know, maybe this is what is overall what's best for the program moving forward under Coach Davis. And I want to, again, express this as a guy that overreacted, freaked out, and fired the man in the middle of January last year. Firing him isn't what is is it in the best interest of the program? It's not. If you if you go through a coach that quickly, it's it, it it's it's not a, it's not a healthy thing. And I think he understands that. I think he is going to take the blame a lot for what has gone on, and he deserves a a good portion of it. But I don't think he's going to take it lightly. I think he's going to work tirelessly to get this program back among the top of the ACC and a top of college basketball because that's what he was hired to do. 
And I, I don't think after one bad season, and we're still talking about a 20-win year where you won double-digit ACC games and advanced in the ACC tournament, that it's time to over it's time to question if he's the right man in charge. He he's won 20 games back to back years. You know who didn't do that the first two years as Carolina's head basketball coach, Coach Smith and Coach Williams. Different times, but you know, that that's that's on the that's 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 clear as day. I know Coach Williams won a national title his second year. Um the you know Huber Davis took this team to the national championship game his first year. And so you know, um, as as painful as it was to not hear our names called on Selection Sunday, um, I, I think, you know, not going to the NIT was the right decision because we knew the roster overhaul that is already underway was going to was gonna uh, happen, and the sooner the better, so you could start getting a jump start on the portal, finishing up your 23 recruiting class, same thing with your 24, and potentially having those kids reclassify. And I do think when it is all said and done, and 37 years from now when we're recording the podcast and we're looking back on the Huber Davis era, we'll look back at this this pivotal moment and say, going through 22-23 led us to a decade or more of sustained success with multiple ACC and national championships. So um, with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. But before we let you go, we do encourage you guys to visit the website that's HeelToughBlog.com, where there's an article up about Justin McCoy and Tyler Nickel, their decisions to transfer and exit the Carolina basketball program. We, 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 we break down the importance of that decision and how Carolina can address the, the holes that they leave on the roster. Of course, we'll be here throughout the remainder of the basketball offseason with whatever transfer portal news, recruiting news, coaching staff news. Whatever happens, we'll have you covered at SealToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, guys, we do want you to hit that subscribe button. The season itself may be over, but the content is not. I've already bought. Jo- I've already brought Josh Graham on the pod. Whenever Duke's run is done in the NCAA tournament, Brendan Marks is going to join us. I'm going to go after names like Adam Lucas, Jones Angel, guys that are familiar with the program, and so much more. Hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball offseason. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! It just doesn't get any sweeter than that!